Pavelski, founder of Flower Hire. I'm sitting here with Luna Stauer, who is a cannabis consultant for brands like Heaven and Jetty. And we're here with a nice little sunset sesh to talk about uh, the California cannabis industry. Yeah, Thanks for coming. A, thank you so much for having me. I love being down here in the Bay in LA. There's so much cannabis connection, so it makes a lot of sense. There, well, I'm glad you say that, because people say that there's two states in California, True. the NorCal and SoCal, and they don't really mesh, but you've been able to transcend those quote-unquote boundaries in the cannabis industry. How, how is that? Well, it's easy. First of all, California is just one big state that is really broken up into different economic and cultural differences, but the beauty of cannabis is it transcends all of that. Well, I mean, it, it breaks down barriers. It actually lets people see eye to eye and relate to the human condition, unlike anything else. Um, that's, that's for sure. So rewind it back for a second. You've, cannabis has part of, been part of your life for a long time, right? Forever. You, forever. Uh, as long as you can remember, right? Grew up in Oakland, g were around it early, um, were, were, was part of the game in some way early on, um, actually went, went to college, uh, became a teacher, and then found yourself back in, in cannabis, right? Um, during the medical, during the Prop 215 days, right? right? So talk to me about the last six years of your cannabis journey, just it's been so fun. I mean, it's education. It's the same exact thing in the same way that I was teaching, you know, middle schoolers. It's like you are you're trying to bridge a gap between in something that we internally and ancestrally know through, you know, thousands of years of, you know, actually evolving with this plant. The endocannabinoid system has evolved with this plant of ours and our animals and our pet friends. It's a relearning of something that we're, is our birthright. Um, and also just born and raised in NorCal, like that's how, I mean, I grew up trimming, we grew up, you know, growing it, selling it, transporting it. It put me through grad school, it put me through undergrad. And it's just, it's allowed a lot of friends of mine who are single moms to have access to resources because it is so usable. You can use every part of the plant through and through, multiple passes, you know, something for grandma's knee, something, you know, to get through a hard anxiety attack something to you know take a bath and relax into it's, it's endless and that's why this industry is so robust is because there is not there's an, it's never-ending niches and there's new people to be converted from that fear-mongering stigma every day into the fold and right. so it was a really easy transition to go from education of children to education of adults because really we're all just children inside we all have pain we all have anxiety especially in the modern condition it's been interesting to infuse some professionalism and sophisticated um, you know, kind of hard skills into something that's traditionally just been nepotism, whoever you knew. Right. It was a, it was more working class. It was more, you know, I mean, it was, it was tribal, areas. it was underground. You, yeah, you didn't exactly. want to advertise who you were, what you were doing, or that you were making money whatsoever. California's evolved from the days of, you know, um, you know, underground to the medical days, which is kind of semi-underground, to now the recreational market. And then you've seen operators in all different parts of the industry, some that were around in the medical days that haven't been able to survive in, in the legal days, some that did make the transition into the modern rec um, you know, world of, of California cannabis, but mm -hmm. what are the biggest challenges for operators that have been you know, hustling in cannabis for so long to survive now? That's the hot question. And first, I, I wouldn't say we've evolved. I would say we've devolved because we had a really robust, thriving, rich, diverse, and very large and very lucrative and generally very safe um, market, underground right. market, traditional market. And so there were 
thousands, tens of thousands of businesses, mom and pop businesses that were very sustainable and had tons of people employed. Um, and now we've actually completely catastrophically eliminated that. We're at like, you know, five to 10% of what we used to be. So if you're going to tax the hell out of something to the point where people in California are already paying more income tax and more taxes on sales than anywhere else in the country. Right. And they're, they're already pretty libertarian and anti-government in general, we're pretty leftist, no pun intended. And so we already are overtaxed and pissed off. And so on top of it, you're now going to tax something that used to, you used to get next door without any tax. Now you're gonna have to drive down to the store, wait in line, talk to someone you don't relate to, and pay three times as much for something that may not even be as high quality as it used to be. It's maddening, um, and we're losing- you're Losing habitual users that have been involved in it for a long time. You might be gaining new users entering the market because now they just feel safe to go into a, a store that they recognize the retail experience for. Um, but, for but for me, I mean, I think, you know, I, I get the question all the time. It's like, who's winning? Right? Are the heads winning? Are the suits winning? Are the you know what what's actually happening out there? And I know you have strong opinions on this. Me too. I mean, for me personally, I think what I found is that authentic companies that understand the value of the plant, that are mm -hmm. mission driven, and and their mission is around access and high quality, um, where you find in a company like that that marries people that have been involved in the plant from a lifestyle standpoint for decades with new entrepreneurs who have skills to bring to the table and there's a cohesiveness and an understanding between them, those are powerful. Absolutely. Right? So I think it's the combo of both those worlds that, that is winning, you know, um, and not one or the other. You know, yeah. um, what, what do you think? It's the synergy. I absolutely believe that. And I think that it's grass, tubes, grass tops and grassroots, you know? You need to have the, the capital coming in, the professionalism of having people who are, you know, coming from real world, you know, positions and know how to run project management software and know how to keep people accountable and actually have bookkeepers and have lawyers on staff that are going to keep their asses out of, you know, trouble. Mm -hmm. But then you also have people who have given multiple um, generations of time and energy into their IP and mm -hmm. built the genetics and brokered the deals and really paved the way, you know, and are the activists too. So it's, it's, it's been hard to say really who's winning. I, I think that the people that are winning, if you think about money, I mean, you know, it's a it's a it's a small few, and a lot of them are their entire companies are going under, and they're the only ones that made money. Is that success? Not to you and no, I. No. We believe that a rising tide raises all boats, and that cannabis is about cooperation. Right. I think that you know what cannabis is lacking right now is because of the lack of banking and because of overregulation, we're having to deal with a lot of soulless venture capitalists that saw this as an opportunity that are trying to pimp something out that is not. They're trying to milk the golden. Like what's the what, what's the the golden, the golden goose story yeah. right they end up killing the goose and they didn't realize like it's that's it's well, so sad to say that but that's kind of what it is it's like they were sold a dream they read something in time magazine right. and forbes blew it up it's right. because you know we're trying to vote with our dollar but really we're, we're handing it over to the government and expecting them to manage something that we were managing pretty damn well ourselves right. well i think a lot of folks that got into the industry maybe in california into 2018 2019 they got it because of capitalism how they could make money or getting weeded out quickly because they've put money into brands that aren't authentic, that aren't selling, and they think they could bring people in and, and apply the same old playbook and it's gonna work. No. And it hasn't, no. right? It's um, failed miserably, it, we're it, watching it. It, it has, uh, It's it, been a dumpster fire. It, it, it has been a dumpster fire. The California cannabis market, it's clearly not going anywhere. 
the cat's out of the bag. You can see the, the state made a lot of errors when they put the new recreational scheme in place. And we could go through all of them. I think some of the key ones are they just abolish the entire medical program right. and patients don't have the same access and even companies in the industry who at their core are about whole plant medicinal cannabis can't donate it to clinics or veterans or anything like that. And for me, like I've been in the industry for three years and you know, I've been a user for longer than that. So it could be like I've been part of the cannabis story for longer than that, sure. But as I go around the state and I talk to people that have truly lived it from a lifestyle standpoint, mm. that want to be part of want to continue to tell their story and be part of this industry struggle to be to be there and have no other option but to look to the black market you know we as a as a state as a as a society have to have to create things to help and i think there's some you know good things that are happening right you oh, look yeah. at you look at uh, cooperatives mm -hmm. you know and the whole idea of small farmers preserving their lifestyle their lifestyle pooling resources together, you know, from a from a testing and a and a processing standpoint, um, and being able to at least afford a way of life that they're used to. I think right. that, that's a good movement. Obviously, still has a ways to go. Um, have you seen anything else out there that institutionally is starting to take shape that, you know, tries to keep some of that origins around medicine and wellness um, active in this legal market? Anything else good happening? Um, I'm really excited. Actually, I have some with me right now. Um, this is Doc Green. So they started out in Berkeley. Um, you can smell it's the straw nana. They started out in Berkeley in like, I want to say like 2009. Um, and they started with a, a like a lotion and a cream. So I look for solventless. I look for local. I look for women right. of color owned. Right. Um, Supernova Women is a great resource. Um, Minority Cannabis Business Association. Um, they're, they're, they're really putting together people who have kind of had like multiple years in this industry and are getting fully pushed out and are more likely to get busted than someone that looks like me for doing the same stuff that I do openly on social media. Right. You know? I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. I mean, from, from my standpoint, I, th I look at, I look at two things that I think are, are promising for the future of, of this industry. And the first one is, and this is coming out of, you know, doing talent based work and recruitment from you know, the, the tech industry um, into cannabis, I think for the companies in this space that are trying to survive, they appreciate having a diversity of pers perspective. You know, women, people of color, uh, minorities, LGBTQ, they want a diverse leadership team around them. And I think there's, there's challenges, I think, from a, uh, a founder standpoint and, and the folks that are raising money still being over, overwhelmingly white male. Yeah. But I do think it's, there's a consciousness, maybe it's obviously because of the plan, obviously because of it's 2020 and society is woke, right? Um, that, I, that I think that's refreshing that when I talk to founders about building their company, what's important to them, they seem to value that authentically. You know, not just because of optics, because they really want that sort of diversity of perspective. So I think that's very promising. Yes. Right? Obviously, uh, the reason I got into this is because I saw Elaine to bring really good people into the space to try to make this industry something that wasn't in, in the vein of any other industry, that wasn't CPG, that wasn't tech. It was the best industry cannabis could be to benefit mankind and womankind and society, right? And that's what it's fucking all about, yeah. right? Um, but at the, at the end of the day, um, you know, I, I, I think there's... You know, the realities of running a, a business is you have to look for, you know, companies that can pay you. You understand this as a consultant, mm -hmm. right? Um, Do you know any of those? Uh, there's a few. Not, not talk talk to me after the show. You know less, less, okay. and less and less, right? But I, I also, like, I try to make it about trying to help people generally, giving them answers, giving them insight, how to break into this industry. You're great and, about that. Um, 
you know, and, and, and obviously, um, you know, we have a long way to go still um, to do our part. And as a, as a business, you know, we're talking to Last Prisoner Park uh, Project next yes, week. Yes, yes. And I think that mission of getting people out of uh, out of incarceration for cannabis-related offenses and ex records expunged mm, is, is fantastic. All of us are none. All, none of us are free right. until all of us are free. Right. So, so we're going to donate, um, you know, a percentage of our proceeds and do a pledge with them and, and even try to push that out to some of our clients. Yes, so if they can please, afford yeah. us, yeah. they should be thinking about that as well, yep. right? Because we want to be part of the solution. But what a day. Such a pleasure to be, to sit with you and talk with you because yeah. you see so we both have such a bird's eye view. Uh, you know, it's funny when I talk to people in the industry, they're always like, "What are you seeing?" Because they're they're like in their own little fiefdom, like in their own battle of day to day, and then they're like, "Here's a guy that like has a different perspective." Like, what are you seeing? And when I say it's it's all going to be okay. I can tell them, I can hear them taking a deep breath, literally, and be like, that's good. And I do think running a legal cannabis company is the toughest job in the fucking world that mankind has ever conceived right now. And and there's a ton of resolve in, in most people to, to make it work. I love working with brands and getting them off the ground. I love storytelling and messaging. Um, really, like, I come from a, you know, PR and communications background. So off top, that just, you know, spans everything around messaging and, you know, forward-facing, you know, go-to-market strategies and consumer packaged goods, everything around packaging and, you know, creative direction. Um, you can go on my website, lunastower.com, and see a suite of services. But um, really a lot of high-level connections, too. Like, I just know so many people and if there's a problem I can figure out a way to get it solved. I so work with you know champs who's you know doing doing trade shows and mm -hmm. events, Heaven that's doing um, you know education and trust reviews online mm -hmm. around CBD and cannabis products. Love, uh, it's a great platform. Yeah it's we, a beautiful yeah. platform we love it and um, you know Jetty who's just staying strong and being the badass pioneer they're, they're, they're in gonna be around. cannabis. They're, they're gonna, gonna be, be around forever. They're still part of the family. Um, I really love working um, with folks from other states. I just get on calls with them. I just do kind of like advisory yeah. calls and I put on parties and events and I sit on panels. So I just love doing anything that's really, you know, education based or market research. I'm doing a lot of um, projects right now where I get to basically launch and formulate brands, which is crazy because awesome. I use cannabis. So it's right. fun to like, you know, manifest my, my future through these brands and everyone's been really happy. So I feel blessed. You live in your best life? Live my best life, Oakland to LA. Thank you. Back to the bay tonight. There you go. Boom. Thanks, y'all. Okay.